0: Tune in to Christian Youth Views, your number one Christian Youth Issues program on this Saturday at 12pm for the talk show Preach But Not Prepared The Sex Taboo with your host Dominique Walters. Yes, we're going there, we're talking about sex and the church and we have a great panel lined up just for you so don't you miss it. Chris, 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 Christian youth views.
1: Priests were not prepared. The sex taboo.
0: More sex. Scratching the surface on sex. Sex.
1: Educate youths on sex. About sex?
0: Sex is the most personal thing. Go
2: cheap on it. There's nothing without boundaries.
3: Burning questions one thing will lead to
1: another. Guided in the right direction. It's a slippery slope.
2: He discovered masturbation.
1: Funding, pain on sex, marriage, artificial insemination. Remain pure in your relationship,
3: which means you are waiting until marriage to have sex.
1: This is just the tip of the iceberg. I'm Brenda. You know what it is. You know what
0: it is. Chris, 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 Christian Youth Views, your number one Christian youth issues program, with your host Dominique Walters. Let's, Let's
1: talk about it. Welcome everyone to Christian Youth Views, your number one Christian youth issues program. I'm Dominique, and our topic for today is Preached but not prepared, the sex taboo. Yes, today we're talking about sex and the church. So the burning question today is Do our young Christians feel that the church is doing enough to educate them about sex? Let's find out. I think the church can do more as it relates to educating young Christians about sex.
3: Um, I think there's still slightly a taboo idea in the church.
2: No, I don't think the church is doing enough as it relates to the topic of sex. Besides, the pastors are afraid to, to, to bring up the topic in Sunday mornings. But I mean, more needs to be done. More sex education needs to be taught in church.
1: In my opinion, I don't think the church is doing enough to educate you on sex because I barely hear about it in church. And when I hear about it, like it's basically scraping the surface. And the only thing it's saying is that sex is wrong and like do not fucking kids. And sex is like. One of the leading sins that you do, so I think that it should be more talked about in church. I positively disagree. Oftentimes the church is silent, giving no help to neither teens nor adults, while at the same time giving teens the impression that something is terrible wrong about sexual desire. So you just heard the views of the the church needs to talk more about sex. Well, today we have quite a diverse panel to discuss this matter. Firstly, we have Mr. Henry Lewis, social psychologist, lecturer, and head of the social sciences department of the University of Technology. Welcome, Mr. Lewis.
2: Thank you very much.
1: We also have Reverend Garnet Ropo, a former pastor of the Portmore Missionary Church and current principal of the Jamaica Theological Seminary. Welcome, Dr. Ropo.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: And last but not least, we have Zuri Garrix. Young adult, married for two years so far, and Christian youth leader. Welcome, Zuri. Thank you for having me. Okay, so let's jump right in. The question for discussion today is Is the church doing enough to educate its youth on sex and why? Um Reverend Opa, I'd like to start with you.
0: Enough is a is an operative word and the answer is no if the if the question is enough. And profound, uh, importantly, we want to say sex is the most personal thing that a person can do and functions best or has its best impact when it is in the context of a relationship that is committed and mutually beneficial and public. And we like to say marriage. OK. That's you,
2: Mr. Lewis? Yeah, I don't think the church is doing enough. Um, uh, one who has uh, been in the church, but also had the opportunity to to study and learn uh, psychology over many years. I think what is missing is a real biblical psychological understanding of not sex, but human sexuality. I think uh, the taboo is because this the, the focus is just sex the fixation is just sex but the broader subject is sexuality the church needs some psychology along <laughs> with the bible
1: okay
3: um zuri i agree with Dr. Rupert that that enough is the operative word here i don't know if most young people can concur that that It's being taught deliberately, every aspect of it. It may come up in some programs, but in my experience, I don't see us making enough deliberate effort to create the spaces for these sort of questions to come out. So in my experience in youth ministry, what we try to do is facilitate spaces where we can encourage openness. A lot of times, young persons shy away from it, especially around they view as you know their parents or their parents or other persons within that category and they shy away from it and they end up not talking about it and they seek guidance from other sources social media what their friends say and a lot of those sources need guidance themselves so i think we can be a lot more deliberate about having those conversations
1: okay so i spoke to some of the older more traditional folks to see their views on if they think that sex education was appropriate for the church. Right? So these are the comments. So one said that it would be a good way to educate the youth, especially so that they won't that it won't be misled. Um, another person stated that there was sex education happening in the church, but usually it only happened during marriage counseling. Um, I was also informed that a number of churches actually do have family hour. With the males and females and boys and girls um, in separate groups in which they do discuss sex education Right and some person stated that it should not just be left as sexual intimacy But also to teach on the intimacy with our, our God and our, our fellow brethren One person even said that it should not just be restricted to talking about it with the youth But like they experienced a time where there was a sex talk going on at church and the older persons just seemed uncomfortable talking about the topic Giving the impression that, you know, during that time, the era that they're from, that church and sex, that didn't happen. That people didn't talk about it. Um, another Other persons felt that it should not happen on a Sunday morning pulpit or, or you know Saturday morning pulpit, but like a one-on-one or like a group. Another pastor actually said that, you know, it should not be just a specific time and place, but you should be able to comfortably talk about it at any given time. You know, even though that they didn't protest, I want to know then, why does it seem like it's not being discussed? You know, what is the issue?
0: Well, you know, I think we are in many respects damaged goods, (laughs) right? That the people that are in our congregation and in our community suffered severe deficits at a personal level. And sometimes sex is an area of overcompensation it's it's almost trying to find that I am who I am Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think if you put all of that together what you really kind of need is a sexual healing approach
1: Um, Zuri do you have
3: any comments on it so in terms of why we we don't talk about it enough I think who were looking or expecting to hear this these discussions from those persons themselves have not come to a place where they're comfortable or they've understood enough mm-hmm. t- and may shy away from wanting to guide somebody else to a place where they are not yet at themselves so, or have just a group of persons together who haven't resolved that at the various stages of their life. And and so I think the easier thing to do is to just avoid it or to stop where you know or you feel comfortable. Because talking about it doesn't stop it from happening or stop the the questions or the inquiry.
2: But I'd want to take it a little further because families go to church and this sex talk or the lack thereof should really... Reflect on what the family is doing or what the family is not doing, you know, and so the socialization around sex relationship sexuality uh, Did not get the right footing from the family, you know, because if you don't get that uh, foundation in the family there are a lot of avenues Mm -hmm. competing for that attention
1: okay, so Right now we're going to go to our social media. So listeners, it's your turn to get involved. Send us some of your burning questions and we'll try to have our panelists answer it as best as you can. You have to use the handle at Christian Youth Views. Send your questions to the hashtag preached but not prepared. You, know you know what it is?
0: Chris, Chris, Chris Christian Youth Views. I love it. Your number one Christian youth issues program. Yeah. Let's talk about
1: it. Okay, so it seems like everybody was just waiting for this this section. So your questions are flooding in. Okay, so our first question is from at the underscore Reginald. I know that they say you can do sexual acts within the confines of marriage, but when they say anything, do they really mean anything? And he gives the example anal sex, bondage, or S&M. Or is there still a limit?
2: There are always limits. There is nothing without boundaries. And if life is a free for all you know then we're all doomed so within the the context of healthy relationships there are boundaries there are boundaries of how we should communicate with each other showing respect and there are also boundaries as to uh, what should be done um, within uh, um, sexual relationships Uh, there are things that are unhealthy and there are things that are healthy but that discussion should be between the couple in a mutual understanding and respectful way
0: okay i started off by indicating that sex is the most personal thing you do yes and therefore it represents potentially an area in which personal damage can be done in a way that is irreparable so so long as whoever it is in their relationship recognize that this is the most, the most personal thing they do, and the most personal thing they are doing to someone, then I think that sets the framework of the boundary. So you won't cheapen it. Don't make it a weapon. Mm-hmm. Don't brutalize somebody doing it. And I think once you start there, you can then set the rules for yourself. I
3: agree. Um, my view on it, we mentioned earlier that the influence of media, and mm-hmm. I think that has a lot to do with what persons, how persons shape their views on what is acceptable and what is not, and, and the, diff- the various influences. But I think the couple, the individuals involved, really have to have an honest this conversation with themselves and with their partners, and get down to, the heart of it if you want it to be for fulfillment for both parties if you get down to the heart of it and that's it that's the my concern with certain practices how healthy it is for both persons with physically emotionally mentally and and what are you what are you modeling so when you get into certain activities it, it kind of starts to take you down a path where you, as especially in the context of a christian marriage you have to ask yourself why am i doing this is it because of something i want to do is am i being influenced what what fulfillment am i getting
1: out of this and the end game should always be mutual fulfillment Okay, so our thank you. The next question is: In this day and age, will the church be accepting of unwed artificial insemination? And this is from at Nika one four three.
0: The question is a question of surrogacy, and the question of whether or not you your whether you have a duty of care to the unborn child in relation to the environment that you provide. You know, should you deny the child? The opportunity to have a father. To have a father, and, yes, and so
1: that's
3: the issue. Uh, my personal view on it is um it, it comes down but the biggest issue to me would be denying the child an opportunity to have a relationship with their father. I,
2: I would want to ask the question of what constitutes the family. Is it this individual? Uh who decides? Well, my family will be um, this child without uh, the father. But but then, what happens if this becomes a trend? Uh, well, it is a trend. What, I mean, think it's what, growing is it probably it's Not in the Jamaican Bec- context, because, just it is, it be- because,
0: because. I think if we were to advise our young people we would advise them towards adoption because there are so many children. Right. Instead of we doing artificial, right, okay. We would advise them. But there is something deeply, deeply mm-hmm. salvific mm-hmm. about
1: childbirth. Okay, so the next question is from at Zachary Stocks. Is it okay to masturbate? Well, well let me, let me. <laughs> In what context? It, it just says, is it okay to masturbate? Okay.
2: Well, let me, I mean, I'm, I'm a psychologist. And uh, I tell the story all the time in my introduction to psychology class that uh, one day a parent came to me very traumatized mm-hmm. that she can't find her 13-year-old when she's looking for him mm-hmm. and she needs to go around quietly <laughs> uh, listening because the young man had discovered something. You know, naturally, he discovered that if he uh, plays long enough with his penis you know he feels good about it and uh, then he discovered masturbation mm-hmm. you know uh, it is said that uh, 99% of males have masturbated, masturbated at least once mm-hmm. the 1% have lied about it <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, these moral questions always give me a problem because of who is the victim. Mm-hmm. Who self pleasure is, whether acknowledged or otherwise, is an option available to people. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure who you victimize doing it. Although I know that you can create a habit, an addiction. Well, mm-hmm. and also frustrate your own sexual experience yes. down the road. Yes, yes. Um, yes. So I'm not sure. Why it is, I would encourage people to develop healthy habits for themselves and to develop relationships rather than simply use, believing that they are self-sufficient, they can do it themselves. Right. Find pleasure in somebody else. I, I'd like to encourage them that, but I wouldn't then turn around and say, find a rule mm-hmm. for a crime for which there is no victim.
1: Mm. Okay, um, so the next question is from at Niki underscore D. What if you get raped and end up pregnant? Is it justifiable if you decide to abort the baby? That's another moral question.
0: Well, it? that's a clear, clear, um, that mm-hmm. In general, mm-hmm. forecasting abortion and abortions in case of rape mm-hmm. is permissible in many, if not most, societies. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, I have had to deal with people whose children and children who have been victims of rape and the damage is irreparable. Mm-hmm. It's, it's massive.
3: It is rare; they exist. Women mm-hmm. who choose to have their children have a, the child of um, a rapist. Who
0: usually because abortion was not available, it was mm-hmm. an option, mm-hmm. and usually because they hid the pregnancy because yeah. they f- they felt that they were somehow responsible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, 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 know, I, you know, I know of the considerable theological argument against it. But um, I, I, I think, I think the damage done to the human being created out by the rape is is, is, is enormous.
1: Okay. Um. Here's the final question. It says, "Is fondling wrong when you are courting as Christians?" Some of us especially as young people, you put a lot of confidence in yourself, say, Oh no,
3: this <laughs> is this is where my line ends and mm-hmm. you know I have enough, you know, self control and resolve to not cross the line. It's a, it it comes to me it comes down to what exactly you're trying to achieve. If you're trying to I don't want to sound too too legalistic or, you know, fighting the moral cause, but if you're trying to remain pure in a relationship, which means you're waiting until marriage to have sex, it's it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope to keep doing that because one thing will lead to another. What <laughs> I would say
0: is that you should get married early.
2: Yeah. And that's girl on all of that. what I would say is that we understand how the body works. the body is not a piece of machine it is very sensitive and like you said uh, it's a slippery slope you know if there's a couple they're serious about um, uh, the relationship um, and you know they believe that they see a future together get some sound counseling for from someone who is trained and mm-hmm. and get married. Because yeah, stop trying a, to
3: fight it. It's, I mean, <laughs> like,
2: it's a natural discovery that you will want to to explore and to it's it's normal and natural. If I had to do it again,
0: I would encourage the church to not over supervise their young people, give mm-hmm. them more space to discover and create some more options for activity. I mean too much privacy and mm-hmm. time alone is really itself weakening dampening of the relationship Mm -hmm. take a walk i Mm -hmm. mean go on a hike travel new stuff Mm -hmm. and in the context i'm not saying that that will obviate the need for sex or fondling or some such thing Mm -hmm. but what it does do it creates a richer environment for the relationship to grow and for you to know the other person discover the other person
1: okay so that's all the time we have today for all those questions and it was a uh, this is just the tip of the iceberg that these young people had because there's even more flooding in right now well, the final questions that i want to know is is a church a proper facilitator um for them to feel safe in asking these questions one activity that we we'll do is we we'll ask them to write down their questions leave it anonymous
3: throw them in a jar and we have persons it, it will create a comfortable setting mm-hmm. so usually we try to take them out of the context of church at somebody's home or on the beach or at a, a park just make them feel comfortable mm-hmm. so by creating anonymity we allow them to feel more um, Open or confident about asking what they really, really want to ask and giving them a comfortable space in which to explore. So that's one, just one approach that we've taken to try and address some of these issues.
0: And I think that that's what church needs. We need to recover the Sunday school, the youth meetings, but not as an event right. once, per week, but our entire family mm. growing together.
2: Okay. Right. Um, and I, I want to. At that there's no place like church, you know, because it is safe, I can discuss things, I'm not afraid. There are people who I can model and I can look up to and, you know, I can ask tough questions and not be judged. Um, so we, we need to really reclaim all of that about, about church. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, thank you all again for being here to discuss this topic, Reverend Ropo, Mr. Lewis, and Mrs. Garrix. <laughs> um, it was a pleasure having you here and giving your input. Um, thanks also to our listeners for asking your very interesting questions. I hope you got the answers you were looking for and that you learned something today. One thing I really want us all to, to take away from here Today is that talking about sex within the church is not meant to give the youth or stamp of approval to go ahead and, you know, do everything really, but it's meant to arm them with the biblical teachings needed to make good and biblical decisions for themselves. This was the Preached But Not Prepared The Sex Taboo Talk Show. Stay tuned and get ready to join our convo next week for our life as a Christian college student hashtag the struggle is you know real discussion is. on your favorite Christian Youth Issues program, Christian Youth Views. I'm Dominique. Have a great day. You know
0: what it is. Chris, Chris, Chris Christian love, uh, Youth Views. Your number one Christian Youth uh, Issues program. I love, let's talk about it.